Stop it, stop it. Okay, keep on coming, keep on coming. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, uh, I'm so excited. Uh, today is a huge day. Did you enjoy worship? Come on, that was awesome. Hillsong United, I mean, 508 Worship was amazing. They were unbelievable. Uh, I'm so excited to be able to bring God's word to you today. Uh, are you excited? You ready? You ready for the word? Uh, before we do that, though, uh, we have something kind of an extra special thing that the 508 personally does on Friday nights, and we want to introduce it to you as a church. Uh, we do something called Three Minutes of Fire. Would everybody just repeat that out loud? Say, Three Minutes of Fire. Uh, now, this is kind of a game that we use. We have so many leaders and incredible uh, people in the 508 that we just want to give opportunity uh, to some up-and-coming communicators, and that's really what this game sort of game is designed for. Uh, so what we do is we put a three-minute countdown clock on the screen, and uh, we ask this person uh, to give a fire word for three minutes, have a countdown clock. It's always awesome. You get a little bit anxious because you see a clock going down, so you've got three minutes to give the best stuff you possibly can give. And so I want to invite my friend, one of the best leaders I know personally, uh, his name is Robinson. Uh, can we all invite Robinson up to the stage real fast? And then Sarai. Do you mind grabbing on the piano real fast? We're just going to make him sound like super extra spiritual today, okay? Cool? So this is how it's going to work. As soon as I give him the mic, uh, there's going to be a three-minute clock go, down, go up on the screen, and uh, he's going to give the best fire word you've ever heard in your life. So I want to act. You've you got to be acting like he is Bishop T.D. Jakes himself today, okay? Are you ready for it, church? Are you ready to say amen? Somebody say amen. Somebody say preach. Now, you don't have to say white boy because I'm not preaching yet. You can say preach it uh, Brazilian. You can say that. You cool with that? What do you want him to say? You can say preach white boy. I don't want to feel like you a little bit. Like, preach white boy. No. So before we go, are you ready? You good? Uh, guys, we ready for the clock? We good? All right. I'm going to give it to him. He's got three minutes, and I want you to act like build your faith. You know, you ready? Here we go. Is the clock up? Hold up. Let me know when this thing starts. Hold up. All right, go. All right, my name is Rob. Thank you guys so much for having me here today. I'm a member of Connect. I've been a member for about five months now. Also in the Dream Team, doing some work. Um, I'm one of the guys responsible for making it really sound, sound really, really loud in here. So I want to tell you guys something real quick. Don't get offended. Get lost. Everybody, you got to lose yourselves. For Christ said that in order to find ourselves, we first must lose ourselves. You know, Matthew 16, 25 says something a little bit like this. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will indeed find it. We are called to be imitators of Christ. And Christ, he left heaven. He left his perks. He left the Father's side, came down to earth, died for our sins, took on our pain, took on our iniquity. And Jesus Christ, all he did, brothers and sisters, is he got lost. We ought to be imitators of Christ. We ought to get lost ourselves because once we lose ourselves, we will then find ourselves. The scripture says a little bit like this, for whoever wants to save their life, they must lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, they will find it. The word in Greek for life can also mean soul. So Christ is saying that fulfillment only comes through giving up our plans, our jobs, our careers, our relationships, our emotions, all for the sake of Jesus, all for the sake of His work, and for the sake of our very neighbors. So once you lose yourself, you found yourself. And to close off, as human beings, we think we got it all planned out. We got our jobs planned out, we got our career planned out, we got our emotions planned out, we got our relationships planned out. But, and it feels so, so good to be in control. It's so good. But, I got a minute left, but I can breathe. 
We are not called to be in control. For whoever wants to save their life, they will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me, they will find it. So to you, young man, who's lost that girl you so worked for, lose yourself. To you, young lady, who's holding on so tight to those words of oppression and abuse and captivity, lose yourself. To you, business guru, who's got the next 10 years after retirement planned out, lose yourself. We are called to get lost and not keep control. So, whoever wants to save their life, they will lose it. But whoever loses their life for the king, they will find it. There's purpose in Christ and fulfillment and service to our brothers. Love you, church. God bless you. Come on and worship for the last 12 seconds. Love it, ah. That's good stuff, man. I love it, man. Amazing. Amazing. So you're just getting a little taste of what we do on Friday nights. And man, we got some incredible, incredible people. Can we give it up for all the people that are serving today? All the five-way people are taking over. Come on. Awesome, man. Listen, don't get it wrong. I know you guys came to service, the first service, because you're really spiritual and you like to come to service real early. But we had young adults. Get this. Young adults come early this morning at 830 Young people waking up at 8 o'clock this morning, literally coming at 8.30. That's a miracle in and of itself. Come on, church. That's crazy, man. Awesome. Um, my name is Devin Fry. I'm a Dream Team member here. I'm also on staff at Connect. I uh, oversee the Youth and Young Adults Ministry called the 508. Uh, and I am so honored and blessed to be able to speak to you today. Um, I never like to speak without first giving honor where honor is due. Uh, I don't know if my grandparents are in the room, but... Uh, it takes a lot of time, effort, money, blood, sweat, tears, prayers uh, for people to come into a place, and we call this home, but somebody took the work and built this place from the ground up. And I'm just so grateful for pastors and for leaders like my grandparents, Pastor Ernie and Randa, who did this. Is anybody grateful for their leaders? Come on. And then... And then I'm biased, but I also know we have the best pastor, best leader in the entire planet. And that's Pastor Derek Fry. Come on. Stand up to your feet. Give love to your pastor. Come on. We love you so much, Pastor D. We love you, Pops. You know, um, you can be seated. You're stealing my time. Sit down. Um, you know, sometimes you don't necessarily even need to say I believe in you, but his life tells me that he believes in me. And when, uh, when you know as a young person, when you know as a person, period, that somebody believes in you, it's like the wind in your sails, and you can go as far as you possibly can because somebody trusts and believes in you. I went to Pastor Deej and my dad, and I went to them and say, hey, what do you think about, like, you know, if I wait, like, running Sunday services? And they talked about it for a little bit, and they said yes. And I was like, wait, really? Are you serious? Really? He goes, yeah, I think, I think it would be awesome. Uh, that just says so much to our pastors and our leaders who are willing to take risks on people. And I want to just say thank you so much, Dad. Thank you so much, P.D. and the leadership team here. You guys are amazing. Awesome. Um, last thing, and uh, I'll get into the word, but 
Uh, I want to thank one other group of people in here, and I, I want to thank the people in here who uh, tithe and give faithfully and are obedient to God's word. I want to tell you, because of your giving, we have seen on Friday nights in five months, in three weeks, we have seen 103 people give their lives to Christ for the very first time. Uh, come on, church. That's better. You can get better than that. People sentenced to hell going to heaven now because of your giving. And I want to tell you today, thank you so much for being obedient, for being faithful. Because those 103 people may not have a microphone, but let me speak for them and say thank you so much for your faithful tithing. God, you have no idea how much that means to a church, to people, and you will see an eternal benefit because of it. So I want to say thank you, church, for that. You're amazing, and you're an incredible body to be a part of. Um, I'm ready to get into the Word. Before I do that, I want to share one fast story. Uh, I, I like to laugh. Does anybody like to laugh in here? Uh, I got this text message. I just got back from vacation. I got this random text message from an unknown number, and I want to share it with you because it was absolutely hysterical. So this is what it says. You ready? Uh, it says, hey, uh, I got your sandwich in the mail, Devin. It was delicious, but please go easy on the mayo. I'm lactose intolerant. And I, I was like, who is this guy? I, don't, I have no idea. So I sent a laughing emoji face, like you crying laughing face, even though my face didn't even move, but that's besides the point. I said, ha, ha, ha. What? He responds, When's the 508? Question mark. I said, who is this? And then he says, answer my question, Fry. I said, Friday nights, dot, dot, dot. Answer mine, stranger. He responds, tells me his name. His name is Zach. And I still have no idea who this guy is. I go, what are you talking about? What sandwich were you talking about? How do you have my number and how do I know you? And this is the kicker. Are you ready? This is so weird. He goes, Someone sent me a sandwich with your number on it, bacon, lettuce, tomato with extra mayo. I believe it was from Marathon Deli. I'll accept your 508 invitation, though. <laughs> so I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. To summarize what happened, somebody put a BLT sandwich in this random guy's mailbox, put my phone number in the mailbox, and said, text him, come to the 508. I want to say three things. One thing, to the person who did that, that is the most creative invitation I've ever heard of somebody inviting people to church. That's amazing. Amazing. Also, I want to address to that person, stop giving my phone number away to people's mailboxes with BLT sandwiches. You're weird. I never gave you permission. And if you're in this service, because I still don't know who you are, come up to me after service. You need to repent at the altar. Third thing. We can conclude and confirm that bacon literally can save lives forever. Come on, somebody, say amen. We got a church that loves bacon. Somebody say hallelujah. Uh, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18. I'm ready to get into the word. Are you ready today? Uh, we don't have the confidence monitor up, so I just need to know from back there. Uh, just some time cards. I want to respect people's time today. Um, I am ready to preach. I am fired up. I uh, literally can't wait to preach this word. Are you ready for it? Yes. Matthew chapter 18. I'm reading out of the ESV version. If you don't have it, it might be up on the screen. It might not, but you should bring your Bibles to church. Just saying. Uh, if you have your Bible, uh, just go ahead and throw it up in the air. Let me see it. Let me see it. Cool. See a lot of glowing Bibles. And it says this, Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4, and it says this, At the time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, 
Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children. Will you just say that with me? Become like children. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So what's Jesus saying here? Jesus is saying young people are far superior to old people. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying here, hey, you got to become like a child. You want to be great? Become like a child. Why do, I think, why do I think he says this? I think he says this because what can happen in life is as we get older and older, our hearts become jaded. They become hurt. They become calloused and broken just because we're going through life. What I find is that because of that issue, uh, we don't trust people, we lose trust in ourselves, and lastly and worst of all, we lose trust in God. And what I think this passage of scripture is saying is you need to remain like a child, become like a young person, become young again. So I want to tell you today, church, you may have come in here thinking you're older, but I want to tell you to stay young, remain young. Still believe God that he can do some great things in your life. Still believe that God wants to bless you. Still believe that you can trust in God because he is a good God. Somebody say amen. amen. He is a good God. And I want to tell you today, if you came in here, one thing you can go out with is remain young. Come on, somebody say remain young to your neighbor. Amen. Remain young. I remember uh, just on vacation this past week, I just got back and uh, I was with my grandmother and our whole family had dinner on my grandmother's porch. We were having lobster. Anybody like some lobster? Uh, I hate lobster, but whatever. <laughs> we are having lobster. And, uh, and we had mashed potatoes, we had chicken nuggets, corn, uh, everything, the whole shebang. It was, okay, I had chicken nuggets. Stop judging me, people, okay? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so we have this whole dinner. All my family is on the porch. We had like 12 people on the porch. And my grandmother, a very soft, melancholic voice, she yells to the screen door, and she says, everybody, dinner's ready. So she's like, everybody, dinner's ready. She's got all these like, like nice rings. Dinner's ready, everybody. And uh, nobody heard her because she's so soft. So I was the only one that really heard her because I was close to the door. I go to her, Mimi, this is what you got to say to get people's attention. I whisper in here. She walks up to the door with a little bit more confidence, boldness, a little bit of swagger to her. And she goes up and she says, everybody, dinner's ready. It's time to turn up. And everybody went to dinner. I want to tell you, stay young, church. You got to stay young. Stay young. Come on, keep believing God that he's going to do something great in your life. Don't let life jade your heart. you got to remain young. Come on, say amen to that. Amen. amen. Turn with me to another passage of scripture. We're going to marry these two together, and we're going to create something beautiful today. Uh, but we're going to go into a book that I've never heard a preacher preach from. Uh, and it's because it's kind of, if I'm being honest with you, it's kind of a book that's all about kind of rules, restrictions, properly how to do things. And I want you to turn to the book of Leviticus. Hello. <laughs> you know, this is either going to be really bad or really good. Let's hope for the latter. All right, Leviticus chapter 6, uh, verse eight, uh, verses 8 through 13. I'm reading out of the message translation. It's not a word-for-word -word thought, but it is something. It's not a word-for-word -word study, but it is a thought that I want to get you today. And it says this. God spoke to Moses, command Aaron and his sons, tell them these are the instructions for the whole burnt offering. Now leave the whole burnt offering on the altar hearth through the night until morning, and with the fire kept burning on the altar. Then, dress in your linen cloths with your linen underwear. Hello. This is actually where Victoria's Secret was birthed, right here. <laughs> Praise sexual purity in Jesus' name of our church. Okay. Uh, with your linen underwear next to your body, remove the ashes remaining from the whole burnt offering and place them beside the altar. Then change clothes and carry the ashes outside the camp to the clean place. Meanwhile, this is the important part. Keep the fire on the altar burning 
Say this with me. It must not go out. It must not go out. There's something to that. Replenish the wood for the fire every single morning and arrange the whole burnt offering on it and burn the fat of the peace offering on top of it all. On top of, on top of it all. Keep the fire burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. You know, uh, the little that I did pay attention in school, uh, shout out to all the C students. C's get degrees and change the world, just saying. And they're a little bit lazy, but whatever. Um, what I did pay attention to in English class is my English teacher said to me, she says, Devin, what's in a book is important, but what's repeated is crucial. Now we find in this passage of scripture right here, it says, keep the fire on the altar burning continuously. It must not go out. You know what I think is a problem today in our church, in the church of Jesus Christ, period, is there's so many Christians who have had their fire go out. Their fire for God. Their passion for life. Their belief in Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, there's been way too many Christians who have had their fire dim. And now's not a time for our fire to get dimmer and dimmer. It's time to get brighter and brighter. We see a world that's so hurting and so broken. And sin is running rampant. Laws are being passed. Planned Parenthood is going on. There's racism everywhere. Now is a time where the world is at its darkest. The church should be at its brightest. And I'm telling you today that this is a time where we cannot grow dim. We have to grow bright. And I'm telling you today, church, is we don't need more Christians who just attend church. We need Christians who are on fire. That's what we need. We need Christians who are on fire. And I call this message today, this is a life message of mine, and I do believe that you're going to be changed by it. Uh, I call this message young and on fire. And I believe this is going to be a declaration and a definition for our church. If people drive by, they will say, Connect Community Church is young. Not because of age, but because of mentality. Because we still believe God. We have passion in our hearts. We have the drive. We are young. And make no mistake about it, we are for God. We are not to see ourselves become famous. We are to see Jesus be made famous in this community. We are for God. We are young and we are on fire. Would you pray with me? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be present in this moment. And certainly it's no opinion of myself that can change anybody, but it's the word of God that can change everybody in here. I pray right now that you would open up hearts, open up minds, help us to see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear, drop a seed in our hearts that can change us forever, mark us, God. I pray right now uh, against any bondage or brokenness or addiction, I pray freedom in this place in Jesus' name. I pray right now that as we say this, we're going to speak this message, God, I pray that this would define our church, that we are indeed young and we are on fire, God. I thank you for your faithfulness in your past, in our past, and I thank you for the faithfulness that you're going to have in our futures, God. Thank you that we ask great things and we've seen it fulfilled in our life. I just can say right now, as I watched what happened earlier, is God, you've been so faithful with me, and I just want to say you are able to do anything, and I believe and declare that you are going to do something even greater in our futures, God. We thank you for asking for incredible things. You give us abundance. We ask for a Chick-fil-A, and now you're bringing us two. You're bringing us two, God. You're so good. Now we take a step back and we ask one more thing. We ask that in the Metro S community, you would bring us a Krispy Kreme Donuts. And everybody in this church, come on, say amen to that church. <laughs> oh, man, I'm such a doofus. Okay. Uh, like I said before, I went on vacation, and uh, we, the first day we got there, I unpacked my car, got all my stuff out of my car, put it in my room, and uh, what's the first thing you do is you basically take out your phone, you find the Wi-Fi, and you find the password, and then you plug it in. 
Come on, that's a habit we all have. You know, because we want to be economical. We don't want to be wasting data like some of the girls in your family, but whatever. That's <laughs> Mallory. But um, just, just being serious. Um, so, yeah, I go, I, I grab the Wi-Fi, grab the password, click connect. We're good to go. Fast forward a couple hours later, I unpack all my stuff. I decide on vacation. I'm actually going to unplug from, like, all social media, everything like that. And uh, I just believe that you can be on vacation but not have mental relaxation. Uh, that's besides the point. There's a whole different sermon in there about rest and actually resting and hearing from God because our world is so loud nowadays that we can't get quiet enough to hear God. But that's besides the point. Different sermon. But uh, I decided I'm going to delete all my social media for a week. I'm just going to completely unplug. I'm going to spend time with God, my family, and just have an absolute blast. Come on. Who loves to have some fun? I want to have some fun. So... Uh, a couple hours later, I unpack all my stuff. I sit down on my couch, throw on a TV, uh, just kind of get a culture and atmosphere, just kind of a relaxation. And I throw out my Bible app on my iPad, and then I find that it says no internet connection. I was like, okay, of course, I have to download the Wi-Fi and plug it into my iPad as well. I did it to my iPhone. I did it to my iPad. I got to do it to my iPad as well. So I got my Wi-Fi. I got the password. Click connect. Connected that device. Fast forward one day later, I went to the gym in the morning with my father, came back home, had some extended devos. I was preparing for this message, so I got my Mac computer out and uh, went on Google to do a little bit of a word study. And of course, it says no internet connection at the top of that. What do I have to do? I have to go to the refrigerator, have to get the Wi Fi, plug in the password. Here's what I want to share about this whole story is even though all those devices belong to me, they're all part of the same family. Apple, which, by the way, if you don't have an Apple device, I would question if you're actually saved or not, besides the point. Um, I connected all my devices. They're all part of the same family. They all belong to me, but I had to connect them individually. Now, here where I'm going with this is there's some people in this room uh, that have never connected with God individually, and you've been riding off somebody else's Wi-Fi. Let me say it again. People in this room have never connected with God individually. You've been riding off somebody else's Wi-Fi. Your relationship with God is not predicated on the pastor on stage. You have a direct connection to God yourself. Come on, young person. Your, your relationship with God is not designed to be a relationship through your parents. You can have a direct connection with God yourself. You see where I'm going with this? Let me say it one other way. Many people in this room, and hear me, this is, this is a tweetable one. Many people in this room think they're on fire for God, but actually they've been feeling the heat of everybody else. And I want to tell you today that this is a time now where we can't just attend church. We can't just be Christians who are doing a religious duty and checking off some check mark or some box saying, I'm just going to come to church because it's my spiritual duty. No, we need people to say, I'm on fire for God. I'm individually going to connect with him because we have a job to do as the church of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today that our church is not designed to complete a hard task. We are designed to complete an impossible one. Because we have a God that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We have a God that can do the impossible. And I believe as Connect Community Church, we have a mandate to save our city. And it's time that some of us connect individually. So what I find in this passage of scripture in Leviticus is it literally gives us instructions how to properly have a fire set in our hearts. And it's, we're going to go to that in just a moment, but I want to tell you, I'm going to give you three things today. So if you're taking notes, I would strongly encourage that. And if you're not taking notes, take notes. It doesn't go over as well when I do it, Dad. <laughs> Whatever. 
whatever. Um, here's the thing. I, I want to give you three things. Uh, to have a physical fire, you need three things. It's called the fire triangle. You need fuel, you need oxygen, and you need heat. Fuel, oxygen, heat. I want to give you these three things kind of as a boundary of my three points I want to give you, and then we're going to uh, pray, and we're going to believe God's going to do something great. Amen? Uh, first thing, fuel. Uh, what we find in this, this verse is it says this. Uh, verse 12, it says, Replenish the wood for the fire every morning. Every morning. What is fuel? Fuel is something that a fire needs. Fuel is something that a fire needs to burn. You need something to burn on every single day. Something to burn on. What is fuel? Fuel is wood. What is wood? Wood is the word. You need the word of God in your life. You need to get in your Bible. You need some devotions on a daily basis. Yeah. This is what we've done at, at the 508 is we've given this suggestion as we call it the first 15. First five minutes of every single day, you throw out some worship music. If you don't have 15 minutes a day, by the way, in the mornings, uh, you're way too busy. You need to recollect some things. Uh, five minutes in worship. You just get just throw on your favorite worship song. Throw on some hill song. One day, 508 worship team is going to write a song. Throw that on one day. Come on, say amen, David. Good Lord. I'm trying to speak in faith. So, five minutes in worship, five minutes in the Word. Just read one chapter. Who can read one chapter a day, you know? There's so many people in here who, who would like to put on a facade of, hey, I, yeah, I do my devotions, but they haven't looked at their Bible for such a long time. I want to tell you, dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. Spurgeon once said this. He says, if your Bible isn't falling apart, or if your Bible is falling apart, it usually belongs to somebody that isn't. I want to tell you, like, we need to get in our Bibles. Now is a time where we need to get equipped by the Word of God. Get equipped. We need to get equipped because I'm telling you, this is a time where we need to know who we are. We need to know what God says about us and what he says we are designed for because we have a serious job to do. We have a job to do. Five minutes in worship, five minutes in the Word, and five minutes in prayer. I promise you, you do that and add firewood to the fire every single morning. That'll change your life. You accumulate that over time, I'm telling you, one, two years later, you will be a changed man. I am a result of devotional life. I, the reason I'm on the stage, I can speak from the scriptures, is because in an accumulated period of time where I just said, I'm going to give you my mornings, God. I'm going to give you my devotional life. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to change my life because what the Bible does is it renews your mind. I saw on Instagram the other day, it said, uh, porn kills love, but God renews minds. And I want to ask you, maybe it's not physical pornography that you've been watching, but what kind of porn has affected your mind? But I just want to tell you today, God can renew it. Romans 12, 2, transforming by the renewing of our minds. God needs to renew some of our minds in here. And I'm telling you today, a devotional life, adding fire to the fire, uh, adding firewood to the fire every single morning will change things forever. 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 I heard a story uh, this, this past few weeks ago, and... Uh, it sat in me hard. Uh, we were having service, and uh, it was an incredible service. We had an absolute blast. And I invited uh, one of the girls that goes to my CrossFit gym. She came. She's actually a coach. And uh, through a bunch of people, we invited this girl. She actually came. And uh, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was preaching real good that night, okay? There's times where you preach good. There were times where you're like, ah. Uh, you know, that night, I'm telling you, I was on point. As the young people say nowadays, I was on fleek. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds provocative. But besides that, I, I was preaching, 
And uh, it was good. Like, I was funny. Things were going well. People were crying at the end. Uh, I, I said just a couple of jokes, and I say, who wants to give their life to Jesus? Everybody's like, oh, me. I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm a sinner. Everybody knows it. And I was preaching real good, and I saw this girl, and she was, like, she was loving it. And so I was so excited. I can't wait to see her the next couple days at CrossFit Gym. And, uh, and I find out a couple days later that she got offended by something, not that I said, but somebody she ran by in the common area as she was leaving. Now, Pops, I'll be cautious with this because I know this is a tender subject. Uh, she has a sister who is a lesbian. And she ran by some people in the common area who were bashing and condemning homosexual people. And uh, I, I just feel in my heart that what they were doing was beyond wrong. Now, what these two people were doing, they were condemning, they were gossiping, they were talking junk about the, these particular group of people. And she walked by, overheard it, immediately got offended because she had some previous hurt from her past church. And she says, I'm never coming back here again. And I heard it through the grapevine from one of my friends saying, this is what happened to her. And this broke my heart. It broke my heart. Because if these two men that were gossiping in the common area knew what their Bible said about them, that the same grace that saved them is the same grace that can save anybody else. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that whosoever... That is an extremely vague, general thing that whoever, whether you're a prostitute, whether you're a homosexual, whether you're a sinner saved by grace like me, anybody can come to Jesus. So it's time we stop throwing rocks and it's time we start helping a hand. And, man, and, and that's not just me trying to get an applause. That's my heart. And what I've seen too many times is the church has cast judgment on people who we need to help and have a helping hand too. And it breaks my heart, man, to see that this girl, Juliana, she might not come back now because she got hurt by some people who are throwing rocks. And it crushes me. It hurts. But I want to say about this is these people, and I apologize for the emotion, but these people, they obviously don't know their Bible. And why you need to get in your word, why you need to be fueled and equipped by the word of God is because we need some Christians nowadays who say, I'm on fire for Jesus. I'm going to have a Jesus mentality, have open arms and say, you can come as you are. Tattoos with the past, with issues. You can come just as you are into our house. Just as you are. Man, it's time to get into your Bible. No more excuses. You have 15 minutes a day. It's time to get some fuel every day. Add firewood to the fire. And I'm telling you, you want to have a fire in your life? Get in your Bible. It's time we start prioritizing who we are becoming instead of what we are doing. So many people, we just focus on occupation, occupation, occupation. And then one day something happens. Oh my gosh, I don't know who I am anymore because my identity was wrapped up in that occupation. Why don't we start focusing on what God says about us, start focusing on who we are becoming instead of what we are doing. I am Devin Fry. I am a preacher, but that is not my identity. I'm a child of God. Amen. If one day something happened to my vocal cords and I couldn't preach, I would be okay because I know my identity is not wrapped up in this microphone. Amen. It's not. It's not. It's time to start prioritizing who we are becoming over what we are doing. You need to fuel. If you want, you want something to, you want to have a fire one day, you need something to burn on every single morning. Number two is oxygen. You need fuel, you need oxygen. What is oxygen? It's breath. It gives you life. I, I typed it in on dictionary.com. It says the life-supporting mechanism. It's a life-supporting mechanism. Let me ask you this. Who in your life supports you? 
Oxygen. What is oxygen? If you roll down a window and there's a fire in your house, you're actually not supposed to roll down a window. Why? Because the oxygen fuels that fire. It makes it grow brighter and brighter. You know what fuels a fire in you is the right friendships. It's not friends. It's not friends at all. No, it's the right friends. Look at this, Proverbs 13, 20. It says, it says this, he who walks with the wise becomes wise, but he, is it say up there? Uh, he who, a companion of fools suffers harm. That's what it says, Proverbs 13, 20. Galatians 5, 7 says, you were running so well, who hindered you from obeying the truth? See, God can use people to heal, but the devil can use people to hurt. You get to choose which option. So how do you find the right people? You find them in the right place. Why do we come to church? One of the reasons is for community. Connect community church. Faith, family, friends. You need the right friends. You don't need friends. You need the right friends. Because I'm telling you, the right friends can help heal, and the wrong friends can actually hurt you. We say it all the time at the 508. Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. Show me your five closest friends, and I'll show you exactly where you will be in five years. I've seen countless people who are in life, uh, and they go through life, and they hang around the wrong friends, and I've seen them drop off like flies. It happens all the time. That's why I, I am convinced that if you are not in a small group, and this is strong, but if you are not in a small group, I don't think you're going to be here in two or three years. Yep. That's strong. And I apologize if that offends anybody, but I'm telling you, you need to get around the right people. You know, I myself am convicted of this. Because I have attended a few small groups. I'm a leader of the 508, and I, I, I kind of oversee a few different small groups and what we're running. And we're hoping that in this next semester, we're hoping for five or six new small groups to actually be launching through the 508, which is pretty awesome in and of itself. We have three going right now, and they're going strong. We have 100 people on Friday nights coming every single week. We have about 50 to 60 in small groups every single week. And God's been doing something awesome, but I'm telling you, we are not done. We are not even close to being done. My friend David Sampaio, where are you at, David? He said over here, he's doing our leader, leader Devo the other day. He says, here, listen, with new levels comes new devils, T.D. Jakes. But he also says that um, when you rise up and respond, we want to all get to this place of growth. But when you get to, get to that place of growth and you want to make this certain amount of money, you don't realize that comes with extra responsibility. It comes with a lot more responsibility. So you're making $55,000 a year. Oh, that's awesome. That's the goal. But that comes with a lot more responsibility. I want to tell you, we have a responsibility as a church to take care of as many people as we possibly can. This place is like a hospital, and you Christians are like the ambulances. We are to, call, we are to go out and find the broken people and the sick people, the diseased, bring them into a church where we can get healed. And now it's time to get back into the game. It's time to start giving out instead of just taking in. And I believe, as a church, we are called to do exactly that. You need oxygen. You need the right friends. Now, let me ask you, get into a small group. I'm sorry, connect group. Chuck Lowe is going to kill me. <laughs> get into a connect group. I'm telling you, it is life-changing. God will change your life if you get into a connect group. Come on, worship team. You guys can come up, up here. Get into a connect group. It will change your life. Um, last thing and final thing I want to give you today you want to have a fire in your life? Anybody want to have a fire in their life? Fire in their heart? You want a fire, you have to have fuel, you have to have oxygen, and you have to have heat. What is heat? Heat is big. I, I typed this in on dictionary.com, and, and this is what heat is. This is very deep, kind of like it's hard to explain. Heat is the quality of being hot. <laughs> deep, right? That's what dictionary told me. I was like, 
give me something better than that, you know? How am I supposed to preach off that? But I begin to think about it, begin to brew on it. If we turn the heat on in this place, in a matter of minutes, everybody in here would feel it. Correct? Everybody would feel it. And we're going to turn it on in a minute. Trust me. But if you, what, what does heat do? It's, if there's a fire, then everything around it gets hotter and hotter and actually have to move back from the fire. You can't be right in the middle of the fire. Why? Because the fire actually, it, it produces so much heat, produces so much stuff. It's, it creates an atmosphere of heat. Everything's hot around it. I want to tell you today, what is heat, spiritually speaking? Heat is God's presence. Man, you want to have a fire in your life? I'm telling you, you got to get into God's presence. Why do I believe that the church is the hope of the world? Because God's presence is there. Everything can change. Look at this, Leviticus 6. You guys can even start playing a little bit. Leviticus 6, 9. You probably missed it. We read it in the very beginning. But it says, give Moses uh, these instructions. Um, and it says this, leave the whole burnt offering on the altar hearth through the night until morning. Did you catch it? Why don't you replace whole burnt offering with your name? Leave Devin at the altar hearth through the night until morning. Leave him at the altar. See, because this is what I've learned, is fires are always started with altars. If you want to have a fire, you have to have an altar. You have to create so you get those rocks, you get the sticks, you get the embers, you get some friction, you get some fuel, oxygen, heat. You get a fire. And what I'm telling you today is where you get a fire. A fire is not started from a sermon. A fire is started through an encounter. An encounter with Jesus. And so what you've come into today is you've been set up. You've had a divine setup. And we're going to sing the song that we sang earlier. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control, because I want more of you, God. And I'm believing that God is going to meet us right where we're at. And if you just say, God, I'm open, I'm available, I'm going to make my heart ready. Oh, this is so good. Ready? Fire is contagious. The question remains, are you flammable? Fire is contagious. It is. The question remains, are you flammable? Come on, would you stand with me, church? I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that one of the most dangerous and one of the most powerful prayer requests you can pray in your life is this, God set me on fire. Set me on fire. If you believe it, come on, lift a hand to heaven right now. Jesus, we pray right now. We ask you, Lord, that you would set us on fire. Everything in our being wants to be set on fire, set ablaze, God. And I pray right now that everything that we have learned today, the things that I have spoken, God, that you would just transform our hearts. Give us the fuel. Help us to have the oxygen that we need, the right friendships. And God, we just ask for your presence, Holy Spirit. Right now we declare that we say, God, set a fire in our hearts. Set a fire down in our souls. We are indeed young and we are on fire. Now's the time that we will connect individually with you. This is a moment that's going to change us forever. And I'm believing tonight, Lord, 
that you're going to change lives. You're going to mark hearts. You're going to change people forever. And I'm believing that when people walk out of these doors, they're going to be forever changed because they've had an all-consuming fire take over their hearts, take over their souls. And right now we declare that Jesus, you reign. God, you are good. And you will set a fire in our hearts. Come on, church. Sing it out with us. Set a fire down.